How are you guys? Blessed? It's in God good. Amen. Um, so I do want to say that, you know, everything that that we do here is, uh, thank you. I feel, yeah. Um, it's for the glory of God. Amen. It's not for the glory of, uh, of anyone else. So um, praise God for, for what he's doing. So I do want to uh, share a word with you guys today, and uh, <clears throat> in the book of Joshua, if you can open your Bibles, uh, the book of Joshua, chapter three. Water. So when you have it, can you give me an amen, and I'll, I'll go ahead and give you the the verses. Joshua chapter three. Uh, I've entitled this message, uh, well, I called it Walk After Him, and you'll see why I walk after him. Um, Joshua chapter 3, are you there, amen? All right, praise the Lord. We're going to be reading uh, almost the whole chapter, but I'm going to skip. We're going to read from 1 through 7 first, then we're going to skip to verse 13 until the end. So, verse 1 says, Early the next morning, Joshua and all the Israelites left Acacia Grove and arrived at the banks of the Jordan River, where they camped before crossing. Three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp, giving these instructions to the people. When you see the Levitical priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move out from your positions and follow them. Since you have never traveled this way before, they will guide you. Stay about half a mile behind them, keeping a clear distance between you and the ark. Make sure you don't come any closer. Then Joshua told the people, purify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. In the morning, Joshua said to the priests, lift up the ark of the covenant and lead the people across the river. And so they started out and went ahead of the people. The Lord told Joshua, today I will begin to make you a great leader in the eyes of all the Israelites. They will know that I am with you just as I was with Moses. So let's skip to verse 13. The priests will carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth. As, as soon as their feet touch the water, the flow of water will be cut off upstream and the river will stand up like a wall. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan, and the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. It was the harvest season, and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the Ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began to back up a great distance away a town called Adam, which is near Zerathon. And the water below that point flowed unto the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Then all the people crossed over near to the town of Jericho. Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by. They waited there until the whole nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. Amen? Sounds like a movie. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much, God, 
Thank you for your word, your presence. Thank you for everything you do for us, Lord. I pray that you open up the hearts this afternoon, that you speak life, Lord, that you speak directly into the hearts, Father, directly into the spirits, Lord. I know you're here, God, and I know your words, God, are going to just come out. Father, use me, Lord. Let me be your vessel this afternoon, God. Let it be your words, God, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Um, so what a story that we just read. I know that um, we've been studying something similar in our Bible study. Uh, if you haven't uh, been going, uh, I'll tell you a little about it. We were actually looking at when Moses led the people to the Red Sea and they camped out by the Red Sea and, you know, they, uh, the, the Egyptian army was coming after them. And it's so funny. It's so cool. Um, Cynthia was the one teaching at, at our house last time, and she was pointing out that it says in the Bible that when the, the Israelites left Egypt, that they left in such, like, emotion and such, like, strength. It says that they left like an army that was going to battle. That's how they left Egypt. They were like, yes, we're out of here. We're, you know, we're victorious. We got this. And then God said, yes, that's good, but I still can't let you go uh, through the Philistines because they're just going to demolish you. I have to take you roundabout, right? I have to take you the long way. And sometimes in life, we have to kind of feels long to us, but it's more, it's better for us because God knows, right? So, uh, you know, these are the people that came out of Egypt ready for war, the Bible says, ready for battle. And so they're at the Red Sea, and they see the Egyptian army coming, and it says, literally, it says, they all panicked and wanted to die. They wanted to go back to Egypt, and they tell Moses, see, it was better to be a slave in Egypt than to die out here in the wilderness. And uh, so the people that were ready for battle are now panicking, amen? That's kind of, I don't know, I found, we all actually found that really funny, because they were like, yes, this, we're going for war, and then... Oh, my gosh, we're going to die. We should have just been slaves the whole time. And now Joshua, who is sort of an understudy of Moses, he's been uh, right next to Moses the whole time. God calls Joshua to be the leader of the Israelite people. Now, Moses, when they get to close to the promised land, they send some spies out to the land of Canaan, which is the promised land. Then they come back, and most of them are like, you know what? There's giants in there. There's no way that we can go in there. And two of them named Joshua and Caleb, speaking of this Joshua, they said, no, we can do this. The Lord is with us. He's been, you know, he's been, he's been allowing us to have victory after victory. We can take over this land. We can kill these giants and we'll, we'll take over. And, and God said, no, it's not time yet. So Joshua already had like these leadership qualities. He had these, this calling over his life that, that he was going to be a leader. But for God, it was not time yet. Now we come to the people of Israel who are now being led by Joshua to a certain extent because Moses has said that he's the leader. Not everyone's accepting to that fact, but he's here and, and now they're at another body of water. Now, they're not at, a, at, a, at an ocean, they're not at a sea, but they're, they are at a, at a big river, the Jordan River. And it says that they camped there for three days. 
And they're waiting for God to do something, for God to say something. And I know that that waiting sometimes can be difficult even for us, amen? That sometimes waiting for us can be difficult, but when we wait on God, we're really waiting for great things to happen in our life. When we're waiting for for our own efforts or our own strength, and that's when we mess up or we're waiting and we're worrying, then that's when we mess up. But when we're waiting on God, we're, we're waiting on his goodness, amen? And so these people are waiting on God and they're waiting and they're camping out. And, and God begins to speak to Joshua about something that's about to happen. He tells the people, as soon as you see the Levites, the priests with the Ark of the Covenant, get up from your position and start to follow them. Now, I don't know about you, but there's nothing like, like when you're walking after God, when you're seeking God, and when you're running after him. And that's sort of the picture that God gives us here. When the, the Levites, the priests, the men that handle basically the presence of God, when you see them get up, follow them. It says to get out of your position, get out of your comfort zone, and follow them. There's nothing like following God, brothers and sisters. Sometimes... You know, it gets difficult and, 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 and we don't know. We feel lost at times. We don't know what decisions or what choices to make. But I'm telling you now that if you're going after God, if you're seeking him, you're having communication with him, intimacy with him, there's no way that he will lead you the wrong way, even if it is across a river. Now, to you, the river might be huge, it might be big, it might be an issue, it might be a problem, it might be a situation that you're going through, but to God, nothing is greater than him. So they come and he says, as soon as you see the Levite, as soon as you see the priest, get out of your comfort zone, get out of your position. Look at the, instru- the instructions he gives them in verse, in verse 3. Giving these instructions to the people. When you see the Levitical priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move out from your positions and follow them. Move out of your position and follow them. Since you have never traveled this way before, they will guide you. Stay about a half a mile behind them, keeping a clear distance between you and the Ark. Make sure you don't come any closer. The vision here, or the mission, I should say, is to get across the river, to get finally to the promised land. This river is in the way, guys. Amen? It's not like the river of life that we've talked about. It's not like that life-giving river that's like, yes, let it flow, God. No, this river is in the way of the promised land. Amen? We're setting it up here. Don't worry. We're, we're going somewhere with this. First, when you see the Levites, get out of your positions and move. Now, for us, brothers and sisters, we're going to be a generation that is going to follow God. Amen? Like, we're, we're not happy with following men anymore. We're not happy. We're not content with following religion anymore. We want to follow something greater than that. And that's God. Now, I urge you, brothers and sisters, to follow Jesus, to follow God. He's the only one that has answers to your questions, solutions to your problems. Follow God because he's going to always move for your sake. He's going to always be on your side. Amen. 
So here are these people, and they're waiting. And they're saying, wow, Joshua's giving us these instructions to follow. Think about this. This is, this is interesting. Follow the priest into the river. Now, the river, we read it there. The river is not like some, some little river, you know, like the ones we have in California right now. You guys know there's a drought right now, right? And you're doing something about it, I hope. I hope we all are, actually. But the rivers and the banks and stuff right now are really dry. But this river says that harvest was happening, like all the banks were overflowing. This wasn't just like a, like a little river. This was, this was a powerful river. And it was flowing. Rivers aren't like lakes, right? A lake is just still and is standing. A river is flowing. And sometimes these rivers can flow really, really strong. And if you walk into them, they might take you in that current. And they might hurt you or even lose your life. So this river is really not a good river. This river is in the way of what God wants to do with his people. Amen. So the priests are going forward. The Levites, they were the carriers of the presence of God. So they were carrying the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant, for those that don't know, was this basically it was this wooden box covered in gold that had some stuff in it that was really important for the Hebrew nation. It had the Ten Commandments in there, the actual Ten Commandments. It had the staff of Aaron, and it had some bread, some manna in there. Now, now for the Israelites, this, this amazing Ark of the Covenant was what represented them as a people. It basically was, for them, like carrying the presence of God with them. Now, you and I are priests as well. Well, we're priests in the line of Melchizedek for Jesus, amen? We are also carriers of the presence of God, amen? We are the priest of God. We carry his presence within us. The Bible says that he wrote his law in our hearts inside of us. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, amen? That's the staff of Aaron, the power, the staff lives inside of us. It also says that there was manna in there. And we know the bread of life, who that is. That's Jesus that lives inside of us. So we carry the presence of God. We carry God himself inside of us. Think of the responsibility that we have that we carry his presence. Now that's why they told the people, go after the Levites following the ark, but stay at a distance. Stay at a distance. Why? Not because, like, God was going to, you know, destroy them or something, but because isn't it awesome that God wants us to be in awe of his work? Like, he wants us to, to admire his work, to, to, to glorify his work. Can you imagine being at a distance from the priest, from the Levites, and God begins to do something in this river? Sometimes when God uses you, you're like, wow, God, like you could almost step back and say, you used me there, Lord. I can see your work through me. And that's what God would. Let me show you this this psalm here. Uh, psalm 89.7. I just want to show it to you. I think uh, it's right here. The highest angelic powers stand in awe of God. He is far more awesome 
than all who surround his throne. Amen? So let me read that again. 89.7. The highest angelic powers stand in awe. Say awe. Of God. He is far more awesome than those who surround his throne. See, he wants us to stand in awe of his work. To stand in admiration and to glory the work that he does through us and in other people. Psalm 89.7. So we stand, the, the Bible says we stand in awe of him. We, we are a people that, that love God, that love his presence. And that's what I think the Bible here with Joshua was showing the people. He was like, look, they're going to go before you. And you're going to see something amazing. God is going to do something great. And you're going to see it today. The distance was for both to be led. That's why I called it walk after him. The distance was both to be led and to stand in awe of his work. Because he was about to do something amazing. Now, for us, we don't have that physical distance anymore. Amen? Because he's in us. But we do see... That his work can be done through us and we stand in awe and admiration. That's why we worship. That's why we worship with music, I should say. We worship before the word comes because we just want to admire. We want to worship God. Then we worship him by listening to the, his word. Then we worship him by giving offerings and tithings. Then we worship him when we go to work. Then we worship him when, we, when we're with our families. Then we worship him with our life. We stand in awe of what God is doing. And that's what I believe they were teaching the people here in Israel. Joshua also tells them to purify yourself. Now, that's kind of, I don't know about you, but they're going to get into a river. And he's telling them, purify yourself. Like, make yourself clean. And I want to tell you guys that God is asking us to do the same. To purify ourselves. So I want to take you to the book of John to show you how, how God sanctifies us. Book of John 17, the gospel of John. John 17, when you have it, let me get an amen. We're going to read verse 17 through 20. So John 17... Verse 17 through 20. Bless you. You there? Look it. This is Jesus speaking. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them, so they can be made holy by your truth. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through this message. That's you and I. Think about it. Jesus here is saying, make them holy because I am holy. 
Make them holy because of my holy sacrifice. Now make them holy by your truth. So we need truth in our ears. We need to hear truth. Amen? We need to hear truth. What's truth? Truth is it's so funny, but truth is Jesus. Truth is Jesus is saying, you need to hear more about me. Don't we need to hear more about Jesus? We need Jesus in our lives. Like, I can tell you how bad of a sinner you are, but you already know that. You already know that you mess up. I know I mess up. But what you need to hear is not that you mess up, but that Jesus took your sin on the cross and that he makes you holy by his truth, which is himself. So you need to hear more about him. You need to hear more about his truth and what he's done for you. And that's how you purify yourself. That's how you are clean and cleansed by his truth. Amen? No work, listen to me, no work can make you clean. Nothing that you do. You can play all the drums you want, right, and break all the sticks you have, but it's not going to make you holy. You could sing all the songs that we have and, and know all, everything. You can read all the Bible you want, but no work is going to make you holy. Only the work of Jesus can make you holy. Now, when that makes you holy, then you work, which is the funny thing. Then you work because you've been made holy. You don't work to be made holy. You work because you've been made holy. You know, I'm stuck on Ephesians chapter 2 right now because somebody, like, blew my mind with this. I've read it so many times. And we always read the part, or I think I've said this before, but we always read the amazing part that says, man, we are saved through grace. Right? We're saved by grace through Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, but the next verse says that we are his workmanship to, to do greater works. So we're saved by grace through faith to do greater works. Amen? I was stuck on the saved by grace through faith for like years. I'm like, man, I'm not moving. I don't want to do anything. I'm saved by grace. I'm good here. You're going across the river? I'm good right here. I'm saved by grace already. But what God is saying, let's go. Let's keep going. Let's work now. Amen? All right. Some of you are not feeling it. All right. Uh, verse 7. Let's go back to Joshua chapter 3. I'm still kind of setting this up a bit. Joshua chapter 3. Where are you, Joshua? Not Joshua, you know, here, but. Joshua chapter 3, verse 7. Amen? You there? Look at what the, oh, man, just walk after him, guys. Look at what Joshua, what they tell him here. The Lord told Joshua, today I will begin to make you a great leader in the eyes of the Israelites. They will know that I am with you just as I was with Moses. Today I will make you a great leader, not tomorrow not yesterday, not when Moses said, hey, you're going to be the leader. Not that day. Today. Can you imagine this whole time Moses was like, hey, you're the great leader now, so uh, bye, right? Take over, like lead the people. And God's like, well, he is a great leader, but not yet. 
And God, at this moment, they're at, they're at the Jordan River now. There's an obstacle now. This is when leaders rise. Leaders rise when there's problems, when there's struggles, when there's situations, when there's mountains, when there's valleys. That's when leaders rise. Not when it's all good. It's easy to be a leader when it's all good. But when the situation, man, when situations happen, whoo, and they happen in every church, every perfect organization, everyone has issues. Why? Because there's people. If it was just me and Cynthia, we would still have issues. Well, you know, we would still have issues. Like, no, we're going to do it this way. No, that way. No, that, that's, but that doesn't matter. What matters is that we honor and respect each other. And then we rise above the issue. Someone said one time, take the higher road. There's no one up there. So a lot of us, we're like, we want to go hand to hand. Like, no, I'm right. No, no. no one takes the higher road. It's empty up there. As soon as someone takes the higher road, things come. What does, read the book of Proverbs. What does Proverbs say? Like a, a gentle word stops wrath. Amen. If you read the book of Proverbs, it's like common sense, but we don't apply it because we don't, maybe we don't know it, but read it. Like, I, this is my favorite proverb. <clears throat> <clears throat> A person with many friends is friendly himself. <gasps> what? A person that, that's what a proverb says. I forgot where it is, but a person that has many friends is friendly himself. Now, now some people want to have friends, but they're not friendly. Like, you're like, hi, how, okay. But it makes sense if a person has a lot of friends, then they're probably friendly. Now, that's just a simple side note of what the book of Proverbs can teach you. And you're like, oh, my God, this stuff, duh. And then you apply it. Now, that's the, that's the other part. Like, reading it is cool. We all read. Or we can hear it. But when you apply it, that's different. Amen? All right. I don't know why I went there. But anyway. Verse 7 says again, the Lord told Joshua, today I will begin to make you a great leader in the eyes of all the Israelites. They will see, they will know, excuse me, that I am with you just as I was with Moses. Man, Joshua had the calling, the anointing, yet before, God hadn't said that until that day. Now, I'm going to begin to use you as a leader. Why? I don't know. Maybe God, God was waiting. Remember, it's his time. Um, it, it's his way. It's when, he's, when he feels like you're ready for whatever next step he wants to take you in. You know, like our gifts can take us a long way. Amen? Like our gifts can take us a long way. But what holds us is our character. Like your gifts can take you a long way. But what's going to hold you there is your character. And for God, he'll give you gifts. All of you have gifts, creativity, like whatever, a lot of gifts you have. But what God is working on is your character. Amen? And mine too. He's working on our character. So that when we get more things and, 
you know, we, we, God shows us more favor and he opens more, do more doors, the character holds us. And we rise up like leaders in any industry, not just church, any industry. We need to be a generation, brothers and sisters. I think Joshua was like this. We need to be a generation that values the presence of God more than the stage, more than the platform. That we value his presence. You know, forget about positions. Forget about positions. God wants to, he's given you the position already of a child of God. He wants to give you his presence. He has given you his presence. So he wants you to hold that to value. Joshua held that in value. So this is what happens when you're led, brothers and sisters. First, the first thing that happens that Joshua says, that the leaders began to walk amongst the people. So the leaders re receive vision when you're being led by God. Another thing that happened is that people start moving out of their comfortable positions. So the Israelites were in their positions, and Joshua said, as soon as you see the presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant, begin to move out of your positions. Amen? So leaders, they get the vision. People begin to move out of their comfortable positions, and they begin to follow God. And then, like a person like Joshua God says, now you're going to see the wonders of my glory. You're going to see some amazing things because now I'm going to do something with you. And that's what happens when you begin to be led by God. More than that obviously happens. But in this case, what God is showing us today is like, this is what happens when you are led by God. So let's, let's read verse 13 through 17 again because now we could get into like, you know, what happens, and, and there's prophetic word here for us. Are you there? Amen? Excuse me, it says like this. The priest will carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth. As soon as their feet touch the water, the flow of water will be cut off upstream. And the river will stand up like a wall. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan. And the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. It was the harvest season, and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the Ark touched the water, at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away at a town called Adam, which is near Zarathon. And the water below that point flowed on the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Then all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by. They waited there until the whole nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. What a miracle, amen? As soon as their feet touch the water, the flow will stop. Did you get that? As soon as their feet touch the water, just simply touch the edge 
of the water, the flow of the river is going to stop. Now, this is like I was saying, not, this is not the river of life. This river is in the way. This river did flow from north to south. And it flowed very violently. Uh, they used to call this river the descender because of the way that it descended from north to south. It was very strong. When God is splitting something, he's saying, this is not good for my people. I'm going to split this so they can cross. This is not good for my people. Now, this is what God spoke to, to my life about that I read, that I you know, did some research on this river. Another name for the Jordan River is the River of Judgment. They would call it the River of Judgment. And as soon as the feet of the priest touched the water, the flow stopped. The flow of judgment stopped on the people of Israel at that moment. The flow of judgment stops as soon as the presence of God, the Levites carrying the presence of God, their feet, as soon as their feet touched the water, the flow stopped. The flow of judgment over your life, brothers and sisters, has stopped because Jesus Christ, hallelujah, our high priest, as soon as, as soon as he began to suffer for you, as soon as he started feeling your sin upon his life, the flow of judgment began to stop in our life. Now, I want to tell you something. The things that we read in his word are not a coincidence. As soon as the, the priests, the Levites, begin to put their feet on the water, the flow begins to stop at, at a place called Adam. Did you get that? At a town called Adam. You see, the judgment of Adam was on our life. But as soon as Jesus was taken to the cross... That river of judgment stopped at Adam. And God has brought righteousness to us. He has allowed us to cross over. Where? Into the promised land. Amen? As soon as their feet touch the water now, what grace is this? What amazing love this is. What an amazing act of power. As soon as their feet touch the water... The flow stops. No more judgment when we are led by him. So you may have judgment over your life. Maybe you do it to yourself. You, you condemn yourself. You know, judgment brings a lot, of, a lot of things that are not healthy in our life. When we judge ourselves, it brings fear. It brings you know, sickness even, stress, it brings diseases, it brings passions and lust. Be why? Because we're living constantly aware of judgment. And what God is saying, look, the judgment has been solved for you already. Jesus took it upon his life. If you receive Jesus into your heart, then that judgment stops. 
So here go the Levites. They're going. Can you imagine? They're carrying this big box. I don't know how many were there, maybe four, maybe six. They're carrying this box. They're carrying this, this wooden uh, full of gold, amazing Ark of the Covenant, and they're carrying it. And then as soon as, I don't know if they even thought, man, is this really going to ha happen? Did Joshua really say that as soon as our feet touch the water, that the water will begin to stop the flow and that we will be able to walk on dry ground? Is this really going to happen? But they did it anyway. I don't know what they were thinking, but they definitely had faith to do it. So they begin to go to the river, and as soon as their feet touch the water, the flow begins to stop. And the water begins to clear. And the water begins to stop the flow from way from Adam. And then they begin to walk towards the middle of the river. And now they're standing on dry ground. They're standing on dry ground and they're saying, wow, where's, imagine, we're standing on dry ground. There, there was a river, like a huge river flowing just 10 minutes ago. I don't know how long, but now we're standing on dry ground. Now the people are like, oh, wow. Remember we say, we said we stand in awe of what he does. They're like, oh, man, look at that. There's a wall of river here. There's river flowing that way. And there's dry ground now here. They said, wow, truly we are following God. When you follow God, you're going to see amazing miracles, amazing provisions over your life. God is going to, man, he's going to show you his hand in your family, at work, wherever you need him. He's going to show you why. Because you put your trust in him. You put your life on, on, in his hands, and, and now you're just following him. They were led. The Bible says that they crossed all of them on dry ground. It says that, that the priest stood, like, in the middle waiting for all the people to pass. And then they went behind the people. We have to walk after. Walk after what he has already done for us. Walk after him daily in your relationship with him. To do what? To be able to accomplish what our mission here on earth is. Amen? Let me read to you uh, Joshua chapter 4 since you're already... Just one verse there to end. Joshua chapter 4, verse uh, 14. Amen. It says, that day the Lord made Joshua a great leader in the eyes of all the Israelites. And for the rest of his life, they revered him as much as they had revered Moses. This is what God did in the life of Joshua. That he, he decided, he chose and said, man, I'm going to follow God no matter what. And I don't know, maybe there's a Jordan River in your life. There's a, a river of judgment. There's, there's something in your life that's just hindering. And you need that revelation that says, you know what, Jesus split that open for you. And now you can walk on dry, holy ground. Because of what he did. So you might even know someone. You might know someone that has a Jordan River in their life. And you're like, man, I know who can split that open for you. You don't have to live in judgment. You don't have to live in fear anymore. You don't have to live condemned anymore. 
you can live freely and worship God. Amen? All right, let's pray, brothers and sisters. Why don't we get on our feet?